Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. Today's a fun topic for me anyways, talking about (laughs) Bitcoin. And uh, we did a cartoon episode about Bitcoin. Again, if you guys don't know, we've got a, a Tuttle Twins cartoon totally free to watch. You can go to TuttleTwins.tv and uh, watch the cartoon. And if you go to season two, you'll find an episode all about Bitcoin. Now, it was super interesting because what the heck is Bitcoin and how do you explain that to an eight-year-old or something? <laughs> you know, how do you how do you take this super complex idea and uh, and teach it to somebody else? And, and so, uh, Brittany, let me throw this question to you. If you had to explain what you understand about Bitcoin to uh, a teenager or to a, a, a younger kid, uh, how would you try and explain this, this this concept based on what you know about it? I would ask Chat GPT to tell me how to explain <laughs> it. To, no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I actually it's I said that because I actually did put that one of the first things I ever used Chat GPT for was explain Bitcoin to a five year old, and I wish I could remember what it said. I don't. Um, you know, it's not as simple to just say digital money because I think there's so much more to it than that. But that is probably where I would start, and I know that that's you know very baseline, but. Um, yeah, I would, I would start with it's it's internet money, which I know is terrible. <laughs> well, what I'll suggest to our listeners is that if you want to understand Bitcoin, I would go to that cartoon uh, to TuttleTwins.tv and go watch it because we put a lot of effort in in trying to explain it. And it's fun and it's visual. We've got Elon Musk in a Tesla tied to a SpaceX rocket with a doge uh, dog that's taking off to out like it's just silly and fun <laughs> and so if you want to understand what what this stuff is go watch the cartoon so in in this particular episode i don't want to delve so much into what it is or how it works we'll leave you to the cartoon uh, episode so you can watch that there instead uh what i want to spend a little bit of time on is is talking about is is bitcoin dead why, why am i asking mm-hmm. that question well Bitcoin was created in, I think it was 2011. Uh, well, I thought it was 2008. Actually, it might have been. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It might have been, uh, <laughs> that's right. The, the white paper came out in the wake of the financial crisis. Yes. Um, and uh, and the, the, the person who created it or the group who created it, we don't know if it's multiple people or one person. It's, it's uh, this Satoshi Nakamoto, which could be a, a pen name it could be an actual name it could you know who knows who this person is it's still a mystery but but when they wrote this white paper this this uh kind of document outlining here's bitcoin and here's how it will work uh, they were very critical of the government that had been bailing out these companies that had been abusing taxpayers stealing from people and so bitcoin was inherently political it was from the beginning seen as a way to take power away from the central planners. What do I mean by that? Well, when you're in the government and you're in charge of making all these decisions, you can either tax people directly and say, we're taking all this money from you to go spend on our projects. But then you make a lot of people upset and they'll you know, fight you for it. A second option is that you can inflate the economy. You can print new dollars and magically come up with new money that you can go spend on your stuff. And that dilutes or, or devalues 
the all the existing money that people own. It's a sneakier way to tax people because inflation, it's still a tax. You're you're still taking money from people. You're just taking their purchasing power of their money away, but they don't really realize it and it's harder to detect. And so politicians typically love inflation because they can use new money um, and they can't really be held. They aren't really held accountable as much. So Bitcoin fixes that. Bitcoin um, with, with money, with, with dollars, I shouldn't say money even, with dollars, the, the Federal Reserve can just print up all this extra money. It's not connected to gold. It's not connected to anything. It's literally just ones and zeros on a computer that someone can sit there and say, okay, we're just going to make new money. And so there's no restraint on politicians, nothing to hold them back, nothing to tie their hands from, from doing that. With something like Bitcoin, it's programmed, it's all like computer code and it's open source, meaning anyone can look at it. Anyone can look at the Bitcoin code. It's not this mysterious thing like the dollar. How many dollars are there mm -hmm. and who makes them and where do they go? Uh, it's not the case with Bitcoin. It's all open for everybody's view. You can see in the code how it's programmed and it's programmed so that there will only ever be a maximum of 21 million. What that means is that you can't inflate it beyond that. The code doesn't let you. And so obviously this can get a lot more advanced. The point I want to make is that Bitcoin is, is kind of this open, transparent process, kind of like you're saying, Brittany, of internet money, where you can, it's digital and you can transfer money around and so forth. But it's, it's what's called hard money. And what that means is it's hard for anyone to counterfeit it or to duplicate it, like inflate it and create more of it. You, you can't with Bitcoin. It's technologically impossible based on the code. And so it's super hard money. And if you have hard money, that means that if I store a Bitcoin today, then 10 years from now, it's very, very, very likely that that Bitcoin is going to be worth even more. It's going to save and preserve its value. Brittany, let me ask you this question. If you pull out $1,000 out of the bank account and you put that $1,000 under your mattress and then a decade later you find it, how do you feel about that $1,000 you have under your mattress? Well, given inflation, it's probably going to be worth like 500 by the time I find it. Right. So it's it's going to lose its value. It's not even like you might just think like, oh, it's sitting there not making money, not earning like interest. But no, it's going to be losing interest, it's going to be losing money. Exactly. A lot of people might say, oh, you should have put that in a savings account so you could earn more money. But even when you put money in a savings account, the dollar is being inflated at a higher rate than the savings. So you're, you're, you're still losing purchasing power, just not as fast if you have it in a, a savings account. But if you just got it under your mattress, you're not getting interest from a savings account. And as you point out, it's losing value. That is what we call soft money. So something like Bitcoin or even gold is hard money. Uh, gold, Bitcoin is harder because gold, like you could go, if the technology was there, we could go explore asteroids you know, that have gold and all of a sudden, you know, we could triple the amount of gold on earth and that's massive inflation. So there's a lot of gold out there in the earth and, and out in space. Um, and so gold isn't like extremely hard. It's, it's just, it's pretty hard. It's hard to go dig up new, uh, gold. It's, it's hard to find it. And, and so it is hard to produce more of it. Bitcoin though is, is programmed hard money. You just can't, uh, you know, replicate, uh, Bitcoin. And so that's a, a very attractive way for people to store their wealth and think, okay, if I'm earning all this money right now, 
and I'm working so hard to earn this money. I'm working two jobs. I'm starting my own company. I want to save up for the future, have a family, have kids, have a house, whatever your goals are. If, if you're working to save up all that money, then the question is, how can you save it in a way that will maintain its value, that will preserve its value and not be eroded? Something like Bitcoin is interesting for that reason, whereas dollars, as we've pointed out, is losing money over time. Now, Bitcoin is often attacked by people. I would say it's heavily attacked by people who often don't understand it, which is common for things that are either new or things that threaten an existing established order. So if you're someone whose business is based around the stock market, for example, let's say you buy and sell stocks and, and government bonds and all these different things, then your whole business is based upon the current system, the status quo, right? And so along comes this crazy Bitcoin thing that a lot of people are using instead of the stock market and, and, and they like it more than buying government bonds and so forth. That's a threat to your business model. It's a threat to what you're doing. Or politicians, like you think of, you know, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who's always on a rampage against <laughs> Bitcoin. Uh, she's a member of the Democrat Party. And then she's always having like committee hearings and press conferences talking about how horrible Bitcoin is and all these criminals use it and so forth. Well, if you're in the government and you have access to the printing press of money, you know, your buddies at the Federal Reserve will just finance whatever government programs you want to do then Bitcoin is also a threat to you as a politician. Because if our government adopted even a gold standard like we used to have, or a Bitcoin standard, then the politicians' hands would be tied. They could not inflate money. They couldn't just magically make more of it because the code would not allow them to. So Bitcoin is a threat to these people. So what's happened is over, like I've, I've been aware of Bitcoin now probably for like 11 years. I think 2012 is when I first found out about it. I wish I bought some back then. That's when, <laughs> when I first found out about it. And, uh, and what's fascinating about Bitcoin is over and over and over and over and over again, over the past decade, uh, media outlets, uh, media companies, journalists, reporters have all pronounced Bitcoin dead. In fact, I think there's a website, I don't remember the name, where they kind of catalog, they, they keep track of all these news articles that say, oh, Bitcoin's over, it's done, it's, you know, it's dead, it's finally, because Bitcoin has been very, uh, the word is volatile. And what that means is the, the value based in dollars, you know, so let's say I own one Bitcoin. And, and let's go back a decade, back to 2013, 2014. If I owned a Bitcoin, then it was probably worth about $100, $150. Let's just say $100 to keep it even. So one day it's worth $100. The next day it might be worth $200. The day after that, it might go down to $70. The day after that, it goes up to, you know, $240. And so it's volatile means it's just kind of chaotic. It's going up and down. And there have been a number of times throughout the past decade or so when Bitcoin's price went up really high. And then it came crashing down, like the highest price of Bitcoin in, in dollars yeah, was, was it? like it was like sixty thousand or something like that. It got that okay. I didn't remember it getting that high. I thought it got just around like maybe fifty, but wow, that's pretty. Yeah, high. it was up around sixty something, and and that was super high. It was a few years ago, and then it went crashing down to like I don't know fifteen thousand or something. So all these news articles come out saying, "Oh, look, it's dead," you know, 
And then sure enough, you know, you just let time go by at, at the time of the recording of this, it's mid December, the price of Bitcoin, I think is like 38,000 or something. And so clearly it's come up from the bottom and uh, there's all kinds of, re actually, no, sorry. At the time of our recording, it's 44. Yeah. Oh, 44. Okay. It was 40 yeah. yesterday. So yeah, look at that. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's moving its way back up. And, and so it is very volatile. Why is that? Well, it, it's hard for like when there's a new asset, Bitcoin, even though it's a decade old, it's still really new. And a lot of people are still kind of figuring out how to use it, why we should use it. Um, and, and so it is more uh, volatile. And, and what that means is you don't want to put money in it unless you're able to lose that money, right? It is, uh, you don't have to treat it like gambling and, and super risky, but it, but it can be risky. So uh, you want to have that in mind, treat it as a very long-term investment. Um, but, but the point that I want to convey is that Bitcoin is not dead. Bitcoin is an idea and, and that idea is not going to die. The, the idea is that we need hard money, that we are sick of having our hard-earned dollars inflated away, that we can't afford homes, that we can't afford groceries, that the government is printing so much money and stealing from us by devaluing the, the cost of our money. So Bitcoin was created by its creator, Satoshi, as a response to government corruption of our money. And now a, over a decade later, that idea continues. More and more companies are starting to adopt it and, and it's not going anywhere. I see it as an idea that's just gonna continue to get more popular, that more and more people are gonna get interested in, it, especially as the United States and other countries continue to inflate their money. Think of it this way, Brittany. We have, uh, what, what's the national debt at lately? Have you looked? Oh my goodness. I stopped looking because it was so depressing. It's, it's big. <laughs> it's, it's a big number. It's $30 trillion. Oh I think it's goodness. up to like 35 or something. It's just, it's an insane amount of money. And so the government ha has borrowed a ton of money and they owe interest on that money every year and, and just massive amounts of interest payments. What that means is, you know, you borrow money and you have to pay it back. But with interest, you have to pay extra money for the, the benefit of having borrowed the money to begin with. And so the government is paying all this money on on the interest and the amount of interest that the government is going to have to pay is going to keep going up year after year after year until the point, And it's not too far distant when we are paying more in interest than we are in all the other programs that the government operates. And, and when that happens, when the government has to pay such massive amounts of money to interest, there is only one way. Well, there's two ways out. The first is what's called a default. When you basically declare bankruptcy, you tell your creditors, the people who loaned you the money, you say, sorry, we can't pay. And that's when wars get started. <laughs> that's when, you know, things get really bad if the government were to default. Just like if you own a home and you can't pay it, you can default on your loan and they'll kick you out of your home, right? Because it's not your home. The bank owns it because you didn't pay them back. So the government could default, although no one really sees that as a, as a good or viable option. So the second route is to inflate the money. Oh, sure. We owe it, you know, $2 trillion this year on debt. Okay. Let's print up 2 trillion of new dollars so that we can give it to our creditors. And so when you do that, as we've seen throughout COVID, when they printed like $7 trillion, it just makes all the existing money worth less and worth less. This is happening all over the world. Governments are printing tons of money. They're inflating their economy. They're stealing from their people. So Bitcoin, 
as an idea is not going away. If anything, it's going to continue to get more popular among people who are fed up and who want to preserve the wealth that they have built, who want to save the purchasing power of their money. So it's worth paying attention to. <coughs> Excuse me. If you guys don't know that much about Bitcoin, again, I would encourage you to go watch our cartoon episode. Even the parents, I mean, I can't tell you how many people, uh, even the uh, adults who I've talked to, they're like, oh my gosh, I've read all these articles about Bitcoin and YouTube videos, and I could never really understand it until I watched your cartoon. So whole family listening, go check out TuttleTwins.tv. Go to season two. You'll find the Bitcoin episode. It's a silly episode. It's really fun, uh, but it's going to teach you all, all the basics. So it's worth looking into. Maybe you end up buying some, maybe you don't, but at least you'll understand what this is, why it's hard money. Um, and I think in the years ahead, we're going to need stuff like this even more because I think the government's just going to keep inflating and keep inflating. And so we need tools to fight that. And a hard money option like Bitcoin is an option to consider. Brittany, great chatting with you. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.